Welcome back. It has been way too long since our last podcast episode was released. Because recently, Antonio and I both relocated to a new city. And we just haven't been able to to get uh, back into the groove for watching movies and recording new episodes yet. But we will get back to this. In the meantime, however, it allows us to try a few new formats and updates to the podcast. And the first change is that we will now be uploading multiple types of episodes. In addition to the types of breakdowns that we've been publishing, I will start uploading workshops and lessons like this one, where I break down specific strategies and workflows that I use in my work as a media composer. The goal here is to help share more tools and insights into how I personally write soundtracks, in the hopes that these lessons prove useful to all of you. So in this first episode, we will be kicking things off with a lesson on how to compose effective and impactful character themes. As usual, you can find a video version of this episode on my YouTube channel, Tabletop Composer. But with that, let's dive right in, shall we? All right, so in essence, there are three basic steps that you want to follow when writing character themes. The very first step is to just take your time and familiarize yourself with both the story and the characters before you actually start writing any music. There's this romantic idea of a film composer going into a dark room and improvising until he has a score, and this is just kind of a, it's a wild misnomer. Hans Zimmer is just famous for beginning every single new project by spending countless hours talking about the story with his director. Another great example is Howard Shore, who took this to an extreme level for the Lord of the Rings, when he took six months to study everything and anything that had to do with the trilogy before he started writing any music. Both of these master composers understand that the chief and foremost responsibility of a film composer is to be a musical storyteller. And the only way that you can properly master this craft is to develop your own process for approaching and understanding stories, which is what we're talking about in this lesson. And so if step number one is studying your story and characters, step number two is to use what you learn from your studies to start sketching out your initial ideas for their themes. And the more time you spend on step number one, the more sources of inspiration you'll have to work with for step number two. Finally, step number three is going to be to map out a plan for developing your themes so that they can grow and mature parallel to the characters that you want them to portray. In this lesson, we are going to cover each of these steps in detail so that you can walk away with a useful and reliable strategy for writing character themes for just any of your future projects. Obviously, let's start with step one. You see, anyone can just write a tune and slap it underneath a scene, but the very best composers are the ones who write music that feels like an extension of the story itself. I mean, the goal of any great soundtrack is to sound indispensable from the story that it tells. Um, For example, films like Interstellar, How to Train Your Dragon, and Lord of the Rings are all considered masterpieces, and their soundtracks are just as iconic as the stories that they tell. I mean, it's almost impossible to talk about any of those movies without bringing up their music. And the reason why these scores have become so widely acclaimed is because their composers 
took the time to understand the stories they were telling. Now, a simple first step that you can take to start approaching music with this lens is to start by studying your characters. The more you know about your characters, the more sources of inspiration you have while writing the music. You can make your main character's theme much, much more tailored to their story if you know things like their origin story, where they grew up, what they fight for, what their goals are, etc., etc., etc. In general, there are th at least three major sources of inspiration that I'm going to recommend you look for if you're trying to write a character theme that feels like an organic extension of the character themselves. These three things are the character's background, their development, and their emotional arc. Now, the character's background is by far the most generic out of the three. You just want to treat this like you're writing a book report on the character. Start by writing a short biography for the character. What do you know about their past that has helped shape who they are during the time of the story? This could be things like where did they grow up, what kind of family do they come from, what socioeconomic class do they belong to, just anything. You'll want to include anything and everything that you think could be useful or important to know about the character. Now, you won't really need all of it, but you never know what piece of information might trigger just a brilliant idea down the road. To give you an example, let's make a quick biography for the character Brahm from Christopher Pellini's Inheritance Cycle. Now, I chose this series because, it, well, first, it's one of my all-time favorite book series, and more importantly, it hasn't been adapted into a movie or TV show yet. I am not going to include the hot mess from 2006, because, I mean, that wasn't really Aragon, right? So we're just going to pretend it doesn't exist. But as a warning, there will be spoilers for the books moving forward. All right? Understand that? Okay, good. So you have been warned. So when we first meet Brahm, all we know is that he's an old curmudgeonly but not unkind storyteller in the village of Carvajal. However, as the story progresses, we learn more about his past. Centuries previously, he was taken from his childhood home in a distant land to be trained as a dragon rider. This greatly increased his lifespan and has allowed him to witness many different eras throughout history. While he was training, he formed an abusive friendship with the future traitor and villain, Morzan. During the fall of the riders, Morzan killed Brahm's dragon, Saphira, and he was forced to watch as the entire order that he had dedicated his life to was systematically annihilated by King Galbatorix and the Thirteen Forsworn. The loss of his dragon nearly drove Brahm mad and would color the rest of his life's journey. His desire for revenge led him to co-found the resistance against Galbatorix. He orchestrated the deaths of seven of the Thirteen Forsworn, he helped steal one of the three remaining dragon eggs from the king's treasury, and he would go on to hide in a small mountain village under the disguise of being an old storyteller, while waiting for the egg to hatch so he could train the next generation of riders. Now, this is a relatively brief biography of the character, and if you've read the books, you may have noticed that I left out, um, 
uh, quite a bit of information, but I'm not entirely heartless, so I didn't want to spoil anything else that was big. But regardless, ideally, when you're writing your own character biographies, you would want to include as much information as you can. But for now, the information that we have is more than enough to work with. Just by coming up with this short biography, I've already formed a few ideas for how I want to score this character. Right off the bat, I know that I want this theme to sound a bit darker and kind of tragic. This is a character who has experienced too much pain to have a traditionally heroic theme. No matter how the theme ends up getting used, I want it to always be at least colored with just a bit of kind of tragedy, pain, darkness, whatever. In addition to this, I would want this theme to have its own harmonic language, something that helps alienate Brahm as being different from the other characters. Nothing that kind of sticks out too much from the other themes. I don't want it to be distracting, but, you know, maybe something that relates him to more of the elfin characters than the human ones, since most of his life was spent living with the elves and being trained to be a dragon rider. I like the idea of just looking for a specific mode that I could use when writing any of the themes related to the elves, and then use that mode to influence Brahms' theme as well. In fact, this strategy of using a specific mode or scale to represent characters, worlds, or ideas, or whatever, is called metatonal design. It's a very common tool used in media composition, and it's super useful, much more useful than using specific keys. Because unlike sticking to a specific key, say like D major, um, you can modulate all over the place. So for example, if you decided that the major scale or the major key was important for a character, it doesn't matter which major scale you're using, just as long as the major scale is being used. Same could be said for like the Lydian mode or Phrygian mode, etc., etc. If you've got a specific scale or shape and you attach that to a character, it gives you a lot more freedom than trying to stay within the specific bounds of just one kind of harmonic key or what have you. Now, having gone on that tangent, these are all just kind of a couple of ideas, but hopefully they help get my point across. The idea is that the very act of putting a character's biography together is going to force you to slow down and think deliberately about who the character is. And as you write their biography, you're likely to get a whole bunch of ideas and inspiration on how their theme should sound. However, a character's background is only one source of inspiration. And as a film composer, you need to do more than just capture the essence of who a character was in their past. You also need to understand how they grow and transform throughout the story so that you can get an idea of how your music also needs to grow and transform. And the very best strategy that I have found for this is to compare snapshots of who your character is at the beginning of the story versus at the end. In particular, there are three types of change you want to identify. The change in their goals, the change in their weaknesses, and any changes to their needs. Of the three, goals and desires is the easiest. Basically, you just want to figure out what does the character want in life at the beginning of their story? And then how does this turn out by the time the story ends? For example, in the movie How to Train Your Dragon, the protagonist, Hiccup, just wants to gain acknowledgement from his fellow Vikings. I mean, his dad is a chief and a hero of the village, 
but he gets viewed more as a bit of an oddball and kind of an outcast, you know, kind of like the apple that fell far from the tree. But by the end of the story, he actually achieves his goal and he has a new one. Now that he's been acknowledged and recognized for his own strengths, he wants to use those strengths to support and care for the villagers and the dragons that call his island home. Now, sometimes a character's goals change, sometimes they don't. Some stories end with a character achieving their goals, while others end with failure. Regardless, the goals are important because they help inform your character's motivation. However, that being said, they aren't the most important things to look for. That would, arguably, be the character's weaknesses and needs. You see, while a character's pursuit of their goals help motivate the story, their weaknesses are going to be what makes it interesting. Now, most well-written characters will have at least two weaknesses. They'll have a psychological weakness and a moral weakness. The psychological weakness is a belief or a way of behaving that holds the character back and keeps them from being the best version of themselves that they can be. In many cases, it can even cause them physical harm depending on the type of weakness. Now, the moral weakness is often directly related to the psychological weakness. It's a belief or behavior that harms more than just themselves. It actually holds back the other people in that character's life. Now, the character's needs are what they need to learn or accomplish in order to overcome these weaknesses and become the very best version of themselves that they can be by the end of the story. The way that a character's weaknesses and needs develop throughout a story are the most essential elements of their character arc. They mark the most significant changes that a character undergoes throughout the course of a story. And as a media composer, you need to be aware of what this change is and how it comes about, because your music will need to reflect these changes if it's going to properly tell the story. Going back to our character study, Brahm's greatest desire is to create a peaceful and happy life for his son and the people of Elegasia, which he knows is impossible unless the evil king Galbatorix is defeated. To this end, his biggest goal is to overthrow the king and establish a new era of peace by training the next generation of dragon riders. His entire life has been an all-consuming journey to undermining and working against the king on every level that he can possibly manage. However, as powerful as Brahm is, his own weaknesses end up holding him back. His psychological weakness is the fact that Brahm is a very suspicious and mistrustful person. The pain he has experienced keeps him from connecting to others and leaves him isolated from everyone and everything around him. This psychological weakness manifests as a moral weakness as his mistrustful and suspicious nature leads him to keep an abundance of secrets, which causes tremendous stress and pain for his allies. Now, what Brahm needs to overcome these weaknesses is to relearn how to trust and rely on others, so his knowledge and experience can better serve his own cause. Now, unfortunately, and major spoiler alert, he does unfortunately die before he can fully learn this lesson. Now, just like before, 
the simple act of writing down these short few details has already given me several new ideas of how I would write a theme for this character. First off, I love the idea of finding a way to symbolize Brahm's obsessive approach to his goals. Maybe I could use a specific interval or chord relationship to portray a sense of longing, or maybe something like a simple ostinato underneath the melody to emphasize his drive and motivation, while also keeping it in the background to help emphasize his secretive nature. Once again, these are just ideas. I may use them, I may not. The important part of this step isn't to finalize any musical ideas that you want to work with, all right? The main goal is to identify which elements of the character seem to be the most important to emphasize and inspire your music. So far, in this simple analysis, I've realized that any theme I would want to write for Brahm would need to portray at least four things. His obsessive drive towards his goals, his secretive nature and approach to things, his regal background as a dragon rider and a friend to the elves, and just finally, the very tragic element to underline the pain and difficulties that he's faced through his very long and extended life. Now, if I were to spend more time studying the character, I have no doubt that I would come up with a much longer list, but hopefully you get the idea here. Once you have identified the different way that your character grows and develops through the story, the next step is to figure out where and when these changes occur. These are the moments where the character is forced to make a decision in pursuit of their goal that forces them to confront their weaknesses or overcome obstacles that bring them closer to or further away from realizing their needs. Regardless of whether the character makes the necessary changes or if they double down on their weaknesses, this information can also help inspire ideas, but its real value is going to shine during step three, when we start plotting out a map for how your character themes should develop. So we'll wait for now and we'll discuss this all at a greater length later in the lesson. So once you have taken the time to carefully study your characters and search for any and all valuable sources of inspiration, the next step is to start sketching out your thematic ideas. The whole purpose of a thematic sketch is to write your theme in its most basic and adaptable form. The goal is to have a short idea that you can copy and paste into different cues and easily adapt to fit the needs of different scenes. For example, my sketches almost always consist of just a simple melody, a chord progression, and a bass line. I usually try to come up with at least three different variations for each of my themes. The first variation is just a simple full-length eight-bar melody. The second one is going to be much shorter. It's typically just the main motif from my melody. I'll take it from the first one or two bars of the theme, and then I'll use this motif at strategic moments throughout the film, where I want to use my character's theme, but I don't have time for the full melody. And the third variation is just going to be a highly reduced or simplified version that's almost unrecognizable from my original motif. Sometimes I just take a couple of intervals from the target tones of my motif, or sometimes I take the rhythm from my main motif, but whatever it is, it's going to be simple and subtle. 
because I use these ideas primarily for moments where I want to hint at my theme without actually making it too recognizable. Sometimes I'll even use these ideas to inspire the type of accompaniment that I write for different cues throughout a soundtrack to, you know, kind of help hint at the influence a character has over another character's decisions or behaviors or what have you in another scene. Regardless of what version of my theme I'm working on, I usually sketch all of my ideas for piano, and I don't worry about adapting them too much until I've actually figured out what scenes I need to use them for. You see, the more specific you get with things like accompaniment and instrumentation, the more difficult it will be to adapt your themes for use across multiple scenes. And everyone has their own approach, but I would recommend that when you're sketching your own themes, you start with just a simple four-layer model. First, write your melody, your chord progression, and your bass line. Then, if you need to, you can include an optional fourth layer, but only if it's crucial to the identity of your theme. Something like the subtle rhythmic layer that I was thinking about using for Brahms' theme. Something that's crucial to the theme, and that no matter how I adapt it, it will always be present. But regardless, kind of going on a tangent here, doesn't matter how you like to sketch your themes, the real trick is going to be figuring out how to use your music to bring the characters to life. And for this, I recommend an approach that I like to call the nine parameters approach. Rather than asking yourself, how can I write a theme for this character? You instead break your theme into nine different parameters, and then you brainstorm ideas for each one individually. The parameters are texture, timbre, tempo, rhythm, register, dynamics, pitch, which you could just call melody, harmony, and articulation. To use this strategy, you start by reviewing the notes that you've written out for your character. Use a highlighter to just make a list of every element you think is crucial to defining your character's identity. Then, with all of these traits in mind, you can revisit each parameter individually and start brainstorming as many ideas as you can come up with for how they can be used to bring your character to life. The trick here is to avoid being hypercritical of yourself. If you have an idea, write it down. Because you never know idea what idea, no matter how terrible or corny, might inspire or trigger a better idea. Now, you will not need to use every single parameter to sketch your character's theme. So, if you find that one just isn't inspiring any ideas, feel free to skip it and just move on to the next one in line. In my experience, I find that harmony, rhythm, texture, timbre, and pitch slash melody are the most useful ones, at least for my style of composing. So let's try using these five to inspire our theme for Brahm. Now, I am trying to avoid making this lesson too long, so we're just going to run through these ideas quickly. However, if you are interested in learning more about the strategy, I have an ebook on my website, tabletopcomposer.com, that dives extensively into this strategy. The book is called The Musical Storyteller, Translating Story Worlds, Characters, and Emotions into Music. And it goes into detail on how you can use each of these nine parameters, how they're commonly used in film music, and even a bunch of worksheets that contain questions you can use to brainstorm strategies when trying to apply each of the parameters. But for now, let's just try coming up with 
a few ideas for bringing Brahms' theme to life. As a reminder, our study of the character revealed four different elements that I think are crucial to his identity. We've got Brahms' obsessive drive towards his goals. We have his secretive nature and approach to his goals. We have his regal background as a dragon rider and as a friend to the elves. And finally, we have the tragic nature of his past and all of the pain that he's endured before the story even begins. Let's focus on that first element, all right? His obsessive drive towards his goals. How can we use texture, timbre, rhythm, pitch, and harmony to portray this element? Well, my first idea has to do with texture. Texture just simply refers to the number and types of layers that you use while writing a theme. I really like the idea of composing a simple ostinato, a repeating rhythmic idea that I can have in the background underneath my melody. This layer would help add energy and drive to my theme, while also kind of symbolizing a bit of constant and obsessive presence. Another kind of cool idea that occurs to me is that I could even adapt this ostinato to layer with other character themes, like Aragons or Sephiras, during scenes where Brahms' influence and example is inspiring them to action. But uh, other than this, I, I don't really have too many ideas for the other four parameters that we're looking at. I mean, maybe for pitch or melody, I could emphasize an interval, like the minor seventh, uh, to help drive home a tragic feeling of longing for his character. I mean, actually, hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the more I think about that, I actually kind of like it. Um, that could actually help kill two birds with one stone. I could use the minor seventh to emphasize both his obsessive longing for his goals as well as kind of the more tragic elements of his backstory, since the minor seventh does have kind of connotations of tragedy and longing. So whatever. So anyway, hopefully you get the idea. To write a theme like this, I would continue these steps and take my time visiting each and every character element one at a time, and then brainstorm how each of my parameters can help portray it musically. The trick is, again, to write down any and all ideas that you come up with. And then, when you're done, you go back and highlight your favorites. By the time you're finished, you'll have a comprehensive description of what your music should sound like. You'll have an idea for what kind of harmony to work with, what shape to use for your melody, what kind of tempo you're working with, what kind of layers you need, maybe even what kind of instruments you want to work with. It's a fantastic starting point to work with. Much better than trying to go in a dark room and simply improvise an idea that could work. So, once you have finally finished and you have composed a simple sketch for your theme, the very last step is to create a map for how you will be using this theme throughout the soundtrack. And, more importantly, how it will need to develop and change to reflect the growth and transformation that your character experiences. You see, every time that you use a theme in a soundtrack, 
it absorbs the emotions and meaning of the scenes that it accompanies. This is one of the main reasons why motivic composing is so popular in film composing and video game composing and television composing. By the time you reach the end of your film, your theme will have absorbed so many different emotions and ideas that it becomes an emotional powerhouse and a glue that helps bring new energy and meaning to the climax of the story. I mean, well, that is if you use it correctly. Overusing a theme can have the opposite effect and rob it of any real emotional significance. The safest way to ensure that your theme will have the kind of emotional payoff that you're looking for is to make sure that you use it strategically. The best scenes for a character theme are the ones in which the character is faced with the challenge and they are forced to adapt their behavior and or beliefs in order to continue on their journey towards their goal. These moments collectively create the character's emotional arc which is what we were discussing earlier for step one. Now, once you've taken the time to sift through every single scene in your story and you have identified each and every one of these moments, you then want to make yet another list and take additional notes on each of them. As a little sidebar, young composers are often very... Uh, shocked to find out how much note-taking actually is involved with film composing. And this is really a necessary part. Regardless of whether you use my process or not, you need to take notes and keep kind of a journal while you're working with it. Every composer I've ever worked with has some form of journal that they keep detailing notes on discussions they've had with the director, ideas they came up while watching the film, or just kind of issues that they need to push off to a later date and troubleshoot. Whatever it is, you're going to need to take lots of notes. I think the most I've ever taken was, I think it turned out to be like 89 pages of notes I'd taken just on the characters and the scenes and how I wanted to bring them to life. So, yep, it's part of the gig. You're going to want to get used to it and find your own way of doing it. But regardless, back to the main topic, off of my tangent. If you want to kind of track the use of it, once you've identified each of these steps, you need to make another list and take additional notes on each of them. In particular, you want to take notes on which emotions are important to the scenes and how or where do they shift in the scene. You want to know what kind of size is needed for your music, what amount of movement is needed for your music, what kind of valence you need, and as well as just any additional notes on how you want to use your theme within this scene. Now, three of those terms, size, movement, and valence, are going to be crucial to understand because together they form the three pillars of emotion, both in how we experience emotions and how music portrays emotions in themes. Now, size refers to how overwhelming and all-consuming an emotion is. Some emotions like contentment are more intimate and kind of low in size, while others, like grief and tragedy, are far, far more overwhelming. And as a general rule, the more overwhelming an emotion is, the larger your music should sound. This means louder dynamics, larger instrumentation, more octaves, etc. There are, of course, exceptions, but generally speaking, you're going to want to make a plan for how large your theme needs to sound in order to best serve the emotional needs of your scene. 
Specifically, does it need to sound larger or more intimate than the previous time you used this theme? Now, movement refers to how energizing or depleting an emotion is. Some emotions, like disappointment, tend to sap us of energy, while others, like excitement, give us an abundance of energy. Another way to think of this is just how physically expressive the emotion is. Does it involve dancing, shouting, fighting, or is it more quiet and subtle, like slumping into a chair? Regardless of how you want to think about it, the amount of movement in the emotion of a scene should be matched by the movement in your music. Things like tempo, the average note length, rhythmic layers, harmonic rhythm, etc., etc. All of these impact the amount of energy or movement that a piece of music contains. The important thing to remember here is that none of these are objective measures. So instead of trying to find a specific amount of energy or a specific size for any given scene, simply ask yourself, does this need more energy than the last scene or less? The goal here is to create a map of how the energy and size of your themes need to change every time it gets used. Then finally, valence refers to how dark or bright an emotion is. Emotions like sadness are dark, while others like happiness are bright. Things like harmony, the registers you emphasize, the instruments you choose, all of these can impact how dark or bright your music sounds. Now, unfortunately, once again, the need to keep this lesson from taking too long precludes me from going into the type of detail on these topics that I would like to. So if you would like to learn more, I have several blog posts, an ebook, and even a six-week online class that I teach on this topic. You can find all of them on my website, tabletopcomposer.com. But for now, we have covered the basics, and hopefully that is enough to help get you started applying these lessons in your music. Now, once you have created a full map for each of your scenes, you are finally done, and you can start using your sketch as a starting point to begin writing full arrangements of your music to help fill out your soundtrack. However, my strategies and tips that I have for arranging and orchestration are going to have to wait for our next lesson. So for now, let's summarize everything we've learned and just call it a day. In this lesson, we learned that the secret to composing effective and memorable themes is to start by studying the characters themselves. All right, film composers are storytellers, and we need to know how to define our characters before we can attempt to translate them musically. You can get started by studying your character's background, their development, and their emotional arc. Then you can use the nine parameters approach or something similar to start brainstorming ideas for portraying the most important elements of each character and use those ideas to start sketching your themes. Once you have a basic theme that you are happy with, you can use the emotional arc to find the scenes where your themes will be most impactful and make a quick map of how the valence, size, and movement of your themes must adapt in each scene to successfully reflect the character's growth and journey. And that brings us to the end of this lesson, my friends. I hope you found it helpful. If you are interested in learning more, feel free to email me or direct message me on Instagram. I have blog posts, ebooks, online classes, and private lessons all available on my website. I want to thank my wonderful patrons for their support of this lesson, as well as all of you who are active on my channel. Send me wonderful messages and emails. I appreciate all of you more than you know. 
So until next time, my friends, keep studying, keep working hard, and keep writing new music. I will see you all in the next lesson. Bye-bye.